Welcome to Experts Only Podcast, sponsored by Clean Capital. You can learn more at cleancapital.com. I'm your host, John Powers. Each week, we explore the intersection of energy, innovation, and finance with leaders across the industry. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back to Experts Only. I'm your host, John Powers. Today, we are going to talk about tax policy, one of everyone's favorite topics. But really, as many people know, tax equity is just a key tool of financing projects. And right now in Congress, there's legislation moving not only to extend uh, the investment tax credit, but also to implement something called direct pay. So folks may not understand what direct pay is. So we're going to walk through that today and also talk about an amazing coalition that started the Partnership for Clean Energy Investment that will help us really push this forward. It's, it's important. I'm going to ask every, all our audience to take some actions at the end of this podcast. So please give it a listen. Think about what you can do. Go to cleancapital.com to learn more. But we're joined today by Shannon Baniaga, who's a spokesman for the Partnership for Clean Energy Investment, and Frank DeRosa, who's a senior policy advisor at 8-Minute Energy. And as always, I'm your host, John Powers. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Shannon and Frank, uh, thanks so much for joining me in Experts Only. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Really important topic today with all the things happening in Washington. There's a lot of motivation to really accelerate the clean energy space. And as you, as you know, tax equity is a key tool to financing the uh, our renewable energy projects here at home. We're talking a lot about uh, tax equity. We're going to talk about um, the efforts around direct pay. But for folks that aren't aware, you know, the, the government offers tax credits uh, and accelerated depreciation really to help push forward projects. It's very, uh, it's helpful to help finance these projects. Um, and it's been a critical tool to get us to where we are today. The challenge we're facing is many developers struggled in 2020 to find tax equity. The supply definitely ran short of the demand. And we just to give you some sense in 2020, uh, the, the volume reached 17 to 18 billion dollars, uh, up from 12 to 13 billion dollars in 2019, and honestly, could have been much more than that. You know, as, as Frank knows, and we know, clean clean capital being in the market, uh, it's really hard to to find these projects. They've got to be really vanilla for tax equity investors to be to be pursuing them. So, how do we change that and really accelerate the space? That's what we're going to talk through today, and some of the timing proposals coming from Congress to help try to resolve this, and really what you can do to help drive action to solve it as well. So Frank, before we get into direct pay, can you give some background on the current tax system, tax equity financing and sort of why it's important for the solar industry? Sure. Tax equity is a tranche of the capital stack of a typical utility scale or distributed uh, generation project along with sponsor equity, the developer, and debt. And the tax equity investors uh, invest in a project to utilize the investment tax credit and the accelerated depreciation tax benefits that uh, otherwise a, a a sponsor a sponsor equity participant a developer might not be able to fully utilize and you know in the current tax system why is it a constraint to you know, I think what many of us see is the opportunity to really grow the market. Yeah, well, the, the growth of the renewable energy industry, the aggregate of the investment 
tax credit and the production tax credit typically used for wind has uh, far outpaced the supply of tax equity. Tax equity is provided by a relatively small group of corporate and institutional investors. And the so so in short, John, the the demand for for equity and in, in this case for for tax equity has uh, outstripped the supply. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we see, we're seeing a lot of equity moving the space and you're still lacking um, folks with tax appetite who really understand the investment and are willing to make the play. You know, and for folks that don't understand, what, what does it mean for projects if you don't secure it? Likely your returns are going to be relatively tight and more importantly, the project may, just might not get built. And what, what, what does that mean if you're looking at things like community solar for instance, you know, only a few tax equity players will play in that space, and that can really handcuff the growth of what could be a pretty exciting market for many. Shannon, you know, in order to sort of unleash the capital needed to meet some of the ambitious climate goals and really support, uh, continue to support America as a clean energy leader, it's not just about simplifying and streamlining the tax credits, but it's about 100% direct pay. So proposals with some level of direct pay are band-aid on the bigger issues, and they fail to sort of really address the root cause so what we need is a, a permanent fix to a broken tax uh, equity finance system. Can you help walk us through what a 100% direct pay option is and how it would work? Absolutely. It's, uh, you teed it up perfectly. So direct pay works as an alternative to the tax equity system that puts those tax credit funds directly into action, improving our power system the way Congress really intended. Uh, the tax equity system will continue to exist and thrive for those who choose to utilize it. But under direct pay, entities that are eligible to receive those clean tax, clean energy tax credits, such as the ITC and PTC, would receive essentially the equivalent funds directly rather than a tax credit that can't be monetized until a later date or ever in the case of nonprofits and, and public power. Right. Uh, as Frank explained, right, the Clean energy projects are growing rapidly and they're outpacing the availability of tax equity. I think a, a recent Bloomberg NEF report said that 59% of solar projects and 67% of wind projects that were scheduled to start construction in 2020 and into this year were still in need of tax equity financing. Could you say those numbers again one more time? Yeah, so it's 59% of solar projects and 67% of wind projects that were scheduled to start construction in 2020 and into 2021 we're still in need of tax equity financing. So with the tax credit expansion, the market is getting increasingly flooded, right? You've got new proposals coming in across the clean energy spectrum, storage, hydro, biofuel, carbon capture, hydrogen, you name it. That pool is going to get increasingly flooded. Totally agree. And I think it's great that we continue to do vanilla projects, but to really expand the market and hit our goals, we need to start going into some new verticals. Frank, why should 100% direct pay be a policy priority for the finance community alongside some of the other priorities being pushed? Direct pay is the of all of the proposals out there, the whole clean, uh, clean energy and climate agenda. It is the most impactful provision uh, in, in, in set um, puts numbers uh, on a few additional numbers on uh, Shannon's report there by by Bloomberg. That deficit translates just in 2021 and 2022 to 31 gigawatts of renewable energy projects. And that 
And that translates to 220,000 jobs. So wow. those, are, those are jobs that would not occur. These projects just can't get financed and go into construction unless we have direct pay. So it's the most immediate, the most impactful provision that will get us jobs and gigawatts as early as possible. And it's important to know this is not some proposal that's sort of coming out of a think tank and floating out there. This is actually being discussed right now on the Hill as part of the packages moving forward. But for Shannon, for folks that aren't in Washington today, you know, you hear a lot about the infrastructure bill, for instance, or you know, people that aren't know, don't know Washington lingo, you hear about the reconciliation bill, but most people don't know how to even translate what that means. Can you just step back for a second and, and walk folks through the, what the different sort of legislation moving through Congress look like and where this would fit in? Absolutely. It's a complicated and messy process for sure. Uh, but what we have happening here is essentially two very different legislative processes that operate under different rules, merging together into one uh, single political battle royale, if you will. So on one hand, you've got the infrastructure bill, think traditional surface transportation, broadband, water infrastructure. That's moving through Congress under a traditional rules process. Received a lot of attention this summer, as uh, everyone probably saw. It was negotiated by a bipartisan group of senators and the White House. And the Senate passed that bill earlier this month in August uh, with enough votes to overcome the Senate filibuster, which is 60 votes. That bill includes a lot of the president's priorities, but not all of them. So on the other hand, you've got the reconciliation process, which is a privileged process whereby a, a simple majority of 51 can pass spending and tax measures following the passage of a budget resolution that dictates the rules and, and instructs the process, if you will. I won't even pretend <laughs> to be an expert on this. I'll, I'll leave the tough uh, calls for my law school colleague, Ms. McDonough, uh, the Senate parliamentarian. But direct pay, although it enables energy infrastructure, it actually fits more squarely into the reconciliation process because it right. finally functions as a component of our tax policy. And that's why we also saw the issue marked up in Senate Finance Committee under Chairman Wyden's jurisdiction. If you talk for a second about the about the role that Wyden and that that uh, committee plays in this? Sure. So Senator Wyden, uh, you know, obviously chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, key committee of jurisdiction when it comes to tax policies. And frankly, you know, over the last, you know, as long as I've been an energy practitioner and arguably probably since the 1930s, energy policy in our country has largely been dictated through tax policy. So his committee and, and you know, the similar committee on the House side with Ways and Means, really important in terms of laying out the energy strategy um, for any, any legislative vehicle. So earlier uh, this summer, he actually did a, a markup of a number of energy items, and including a, a direct pay proposal. So that's where we're seeing a, a lot of the, the Senate momentum on this right now. Not to say, you know, we've got a lot of support and happy to talk about this a little bit later in terms of other proposals from Senator Carper, for example, and on the House side, uh, Congressman Blumenauer. So we're, we're pretty optimistic that direct pay, especially at 100%, is going to remain uh, within the, the reconciliation conversation going forward. And if, I guess more for our audience, if you sort of step back and look at tax credits, you know, the original solar tax credit passed in the 70s and legislation, again, as part of the Energy Security Act of the 90s, but then had a an off-ramp. And then in 2016, there was a negotiation at the most senior levels that allowed the tax credits to extend again, 
as long as we were liable to do things like uh, send send uh, oil overseas. And this concept that's being pushed today is more of a long-term solution to this. So we're not having to push over and over again to solve this uh, at the end of every, uh, what, what do they call it in Washington? The uh, tax extenders period, right? Absolutely. Every, 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 yeah, every, every lame December. duck December, yeah. Exactly. It's it's like clockwork. And that's that's part of the, the purpose here, right? Um, you know, not necessarily talking about the duration of direct pay, um, but really offering a, a permanent fix to to this tax equity system as you described earlier, and, and to really give industry some certainty moving forward, you know, from a, a regulatory basis, give the, the financial institutions some certainty in terms of this is the direction that our country needs to go to enable the clean energy transition that we're we know needs to happen, right? Um, without that certainty, without this, you know, I guess with the the constant boomerang, if you will, of the December tax package that comes up every year, you don't you don't move forward in a in a reasonable fashion here. Yeah, and industry groups like Solar Energy Industry Association, SIA, and others are. are this is on their agenda, but they've got a lot of things on their agenda. So to really focus on this, uh, recently there was a launch of the Partnership for Clean Energy Investment. And full disclosure, Clean Capital is a member of it. We're really pretty active in it. Um, but can you talk for a second, Shannon, what is the partnership, the role of the coalition, and you know, sort of who some of the members are? Absolutely. And, and we're very appreciative of your membership as well as uh, Frank's membership from 8 Minute Solar. Um, so the Partnership for Clean Energy Investment represents uh, a variety of stakeholders that are committed to investing in a clean energy future. We want to deliver on the promise that the U.S. leadership can have for clean energy investment, climate action, and economic prosperity, just like Frank said, with respect to jobs and, and coming out of the, the economic downturn that we're in. So our membership includes a, a lot of different companies, workers, and thinkers that are driving that transition. Uh, we've got folks like Amoresco, Apex Clean Energy, Blue, uh, Blue Horizon Energy, Blue Wave Solar, Clean Capital, Clear Path, Colorado Solar and Storage Association, 8-Minute Solar Energy, National Ocean Industries Association, Novus Energy Advisors, Renewable Energy Vermont, Third Way, and Excel Energy. The partnership is advocating essentially right now for urgent action on 100% direct pay, utilizing the, the proposals that are already being talked about in both the Senate and the House. We're working with the administration, and we're also working alongside other key stakeholders across the clean energy value chain, from project developers like yourselves to national trade associations, environmental groups, think tanks, and buyers of clean energy. Frank, why did 8-Minute Energy decide to join the partnership? 8-Minute Energy is a utility-scale solar development company. Uh, we have about 2,500 megawatts big pipeline uh, active throughout the, the southwest and, and, and the west. And as I said, direct pay, uh, direct at 100% is the most important policy issue for us and other uh, other like like-minded members of the industry. No, no, no doubt about it. So we we uh, we feel like uh, we we need to get that word out uh, and edu and provide some education on on that point. You know, uh, Shannon talked about the the reconciliation, the infrastructure bill, the reconciliation bill, and, and at some point there's there's going to be in in Congress a uh, a session uh, where uh, lots and lots of priorities. Some are going to get left on the cutting room floor, and direct pay. Uh, is not only the most impactful for clean energy, 
Shannon mentioned Senator Carper's bill. Senator Carper asked the Joint Committee on Taxation to what they call score the expenditures under a direct pay provision. And the, the Taxation Committee came back with a cost of $500 million. That's, that's million not billion. Right. And, and a multi-trillion dollar piece of legislation. Because the, the investment tax credit is already law. So direct pay is just slightly changing the timing of the expenditures. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You brought up a, a good point in terms of you know the, the overall cost of all of this, and that's part of the political calculus as well, right? So, you know, what Speaker Pelosi is trying to navigate politically is, you know, the Senate infrastructure package that passed was essentially only the Senate negotiating that. It involved none of the House <laughs> in that negotiation. And, and in terms of the priorities, it didn't really address any House priorities. So a lot of moderate Democrats in the House aren't comfortable signing on to a $3.5 trillion budget bill, um, especially looking at you know the numbers in the, in the House right now. You've got, I think, 220 Democrats and 212 Republicans. So they're razor thin on that. Right. Look over to the Senate. That's incredibly, it's essentially one vote can kill this thing. So leadership knows in the Senate that they're unlikely to get any Republican votes, given that they need all 50 Democratic members plus the vice president to pass it. They're really going to have to make sure that everyone's in line with this. And, and one of the things, as Frank said, which has been great to hear so far in terms of our interactions with folks on the Hill is that we do have a lot of buy-in and support for 100% direct pay um, in both chambers. And so we're, we're really opportunistic and hopeful that this will yeah. succeed the political calculus in the end. So Shannon, I'm going to play off something Frank talked about, making sure that this doesn't end up on the cutting room floor as we get closer to the goal line and really making sure that this piece of legislation that it, it falls in gets pushed forward you know, for folks that are listening, whether they're in the industry or they're activists, you know, what role can they play? What should they do? What actions should they take? You know, we're not talking about sitting your hands here. This is post-Labor Day, a full sprint to get this done. And we need people to be engaged. So, you know, what can they do? Absolutely. So first thing I suggest is to contact us at partnershipforcleanenergyinvestment.com or on Twitter at, at Clean Energy. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn, and there you can find more information and ask us questions as well if you've got questions about that. But I would urge everyone to reach out to your member of Congress and urge them to support 100% direct pay as it works through the reconciliation process. One of the things we did at Clean Capital, we actually identified, we have 165 projects in 18 different states. We identified to the zip code where those projects are so we can send letters to members uh, telling them their systems in their their district. So, you know, it's not that hard. It takes a little bit of work. Find an intern to scrub that number and let's get some some messaging uh, out. Now, for folks that are that don't have policy shops, right, sophisticated teams, you know, will you guys help hold their hand on the actions they can take? Like, what do you suggest for them? Absolutely. We're, we're happy to, to help. And I think, you know, the way that you laid out the uh, outreach strategy is a great one. It makes a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of folks um, on the Hill and other key stakeholders that are interested in this concept and have, you know, not, not necessarily understood all of the, the mechanics of it. Education is, is really primary here, um, especially yeah. for those that might be sitting on the fence. And I think as we t key into those, um, 
folks that are the, the fence sitters that are our crucial votes in the in the Senate and the House. We want to make sure that they hear from all of their constituents um, with a variety of you know reasons behind that. You've got you know folks from as we said you know public power. You've got um, low-income and disadvantaged communities that are trying to invest in cleaner energy resources for their folks, they need to, to speak up and play and, and describe how direct pay would enable you know, that, that growth and that development. Outstanding. Well, Frank and Shannon, thank you so much for your leadership on this issue. And you know, really, I think if there's any final message you wanted to share with the audience, what would you say? Sure, I'll go. The, the you know <laughs> tax policy is not the most glamorous uh, or uh, exciting uh, discussion topic, but you know until we put a price on carbon, this tax policy, the investment tax credit, the, the production tax credit, is the proxy for the societal cost. So it's 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 really important, and it's I mean it's essential. It's just essential to getting to decarbonize our and meeting the climate and uh, clean energy goals that we have. Thank you. Shannon. Yeah, I, I think Marshall Salant from uh, Citigroup recently said it best in an S&P article. You know, there's, there's always been a supply-demand imbalance in the tax equity market. They've never had enough tax equity investor dollars to supply all the good projects. Direct pay would present clean energy developers with a more efficient means of financing their project, one that doesn't rely on the financial institutions weighing out their own tax liability before engaging with developers like you right. all. At the end of the day, that means more projects in the ground in a timely manner. That means we're well on our way to achieving the goals that we need to. I couldn't agree more. And just understanding the structure, I mean, someone who finances projects under all day, understanding the structure and the timing and the pricing of that would be monumental and accelerating the growth of the industry. So thank you so much for joining. We'll, we'll have a link to the website from the Clean Capital website, as well as a, you'll, you'll, see, you'll find a sister blog here that you can help educate yourself more. Please reach out uh, to Shannon and the folks at the partnership to, to sign up to be members. And most importantly, take take the time reach out and talk to your member and tell them we really need direct pay. We have a very limited time to get this done uh, and it'll have a monumental effect on the industry. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having us. Thanks, John. Absolutely. And thanks to uh, our producers, Colin Young and uh, Carly Batten. And and thanks to the team at the partnership and 8-Minute Energy to help put this together. As always, you can get more episodes at cleancapital.com. Look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks for listening in today's conversation. Find more episodes on cleancapital.com, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We look forward to continuing our conversation on energy, innovation, and finance with you.